वेलकम टू सन टॉक सन टॉकर्स अराउंड द टेबल टुडे डिस्कस द सेपरेशंस एंड पार्टीशंस विल थिंक अबाउट मिक्सचर्स सॉल्यूशंस एंड कलेक्टिव्स इन अ वैरायटी ऑफ कॉन्टेक्स्ट्स व्हाइल स्पेकुलेटिंग व्हाट कैन एंड कैन नॉट बी मिक्स्ड और सेपरेटेड why is pure separation so difficult are the explanations for why separation techniques work always somewhat hypothetical what qualifies to be a mixture does like truly dissolve like what kinds of underlying principles enable separation of noise from signal is there a constant tussle between being and belonging can individuality be dissolved what is the role of time in both mixing and partitioning and can certain systems be made nearly impossible to partition we are pleased and privileged to have three sin talkers with us here today professor ravi bhushan He is an organic and an analytical chemist. He has worked on enantiomeric separation using liquid chromatography and is from IIT Roorkee. Professor Rajiv L Karandikar. He is a mathematician and a statistician and is currently at CMI Chennai. He is a theoretician also interested in real life applications. And Professor Gurpreet Mahajan She is a political philosopher and is from Center for Political Studies, JNU, New Delhi. So, Ravi, why don't we do a very quick beginning with you? Um, maybe starting in a somewhat inanimate place in world of mixtures and solutions and liquids and compounds and substances of different kinds. how easy or difficult is it to separate mixtures and i don't know whether there's a way of somewhat rigorously understanding what a mixture is or what a solution is and from there on are there one or two principles that might be helpful places to begin to understand how things can be separated and you know we'll get to the techniques much later on but why don't we start at the level of the principles as you see the separation basically if you want to define just in one line mm-hmm. separation is a phenomena where at least two components or two compounds which mm-hmm. are different from each other can be separated and it has been expanded in terms of chemistry to a state where the compounds are identical otherwise but structurally they are different so separation that has reached to that stage also it's not they may be soluble But is there a difficulty in this notion of different? So when you say two different substances, is there a problem with that, or it's relatively straightforward that these two substances are different? Uh, most of the time, uh, in a mixture, when we speak of a mixture, we are, we do not know what a mixture is. Right. In most of the situations, it's unknown. For right. example, if we take the simplest example, is the crude petroleum case. Everybody knows about it. Sure. And when we started working or the people started working with separation of crude petroleum you don't really know what the components we, are we nobody knew what the components are mm-hmm. and still today if you look at the components uh, the fuel for uh, aircrafts is different again it's a mixture none of them is a single compound 
Then we come to the fuel for uh, cars and other automobiles, trucks and tractors, the diesel. So petrol and diesel, still they are also mixtures, right. all coming from the same crude petroleum. Then so we, even though you're able to separate, let's say, the equivalent of air turbine fuel and petrol, they're both still mixtures. They are still mixtures. The right. three examples I gave you, the petroleum uh, for the for the aircrafts, petroleum for the cars, etc., the diesel, and if we further go down, the fuel, uh, kerosene, etc., or our LPG, they are all products of the same uh, crude petroleum, for example. So what is the underlying principle, Ravi? Why are we able to separate and why doesn't it separate into all the constituent parts at once? Why does yeah, it happen? Because when... there are different reasons for this. When we have compounds of similar molecular weights, then it becomes very difficult to separate really them. We can separate them. Mm-hmm. But for the examples I have just mentioned, we don't need our properties in terms of their fuel capacity or their uh, action to be used as fuel. That is that purpose is served in terms of octane numbers. So, so that is a different uh, concept. So is molecular weight or weight more generally one of the properties that you use to actually effect separation? Sometimes it depends on molecular weights, sometimes on solubility, sometimes on adsorption, sometimes on partition, sometimes on other... Uh, so one can literally pick and choose properties on the basis of depending which upon you want to... Uh, what is the uh, source of our mixture and what are the possible components could be. Another example is... When we uh, look into different extracts from plants, chemists started working, taking extracts of the plants long, long ago. Simple extracts were being used. And then somebody, say for example, ephedrine was extracted just from ephedra plant and was used for different medicinal purposes. But it was a mixture, not known, just just an extraction. Mm. Later on, when ephedrine was isolated or separated, it was sometimes in 1880. But it was used as a medicine, as a pure compound in 1920s. Sure. I think we'll get back to that, Ravi. So, Rajiv, if we think of this notion of trying to separate a mixture into its components, but it actually going from one broader or larger mixture to its constituent mixtures, is there uh-huh. something similar that happens when you think of either signal processing or, you know, pick, pick, pick and choose a context, but how, how does it go and what does it mean yeah, so, at a more uh, conceptual level for you? Yeah. So firstly, uh, I would like to add what Ravi was saying is that uh, uh, separation also, can be separated or not, is uh, related also with the cost involved. Right. If you can separate, but if it becomes so expensive, right. that it's no use. So in theory, it can be separated, but cannot be productionized. Right. Okay. right. Uh, and that cost could be... Time or cost energy. could be time or cost could be actual money. Actual money also, yeah. Sure. Okay, sure. but it could also be time. You simply don't have the time to do it. Is another sure. issue. Sure. Okay. Now, Which would be the notion in the case of factorization. Yeah. For example. So, so the time cost in terms of time leads us to this notion of factorization of numbers. And uh, interestingly, people really believed that the branch of mathematics called number theory mm-hmm. is not. Uh, cannot be used at all in uh, it's only for crazies who are who find pleasure in discovering properties of numbers but it has no real world application in fact the mathematician hardy about whom people know because he was the mentor for ramanujam right he's supposed to have written that he's very happy that the mathematics he does can never be used for anything yeah, yeah he was a little bit of a proponent for pure maths yeah. as opposed to but he didn't know that in the years to come Uh, The same number theory and this factorizing issues are are the backbone of uh, what we may call today the internet commerce or the digital world that we are living in. 
Right. Because uh, all the uh, one would have heard, people would have heard the warnings that uh, don't put in any numbers unless your URL on the web starts with HTTPS. Don't do it with HTTP. Sure. Without knowing what the difference is. The difference is that when it is HTTPS, the information that you enter does not go in plain text or it, it cannot be it's read encrypted. even if yeah. it is it encrypted. It goes sure. encrypt, encrypted. Now, the basis of this encryption, uh, there are many, but the one which is commonly used for uh, web transactions and for digital signatures and whatnot is uh, what is called as RSA. And the basis is the difficulty in separating product of two prime numbers. So if you take two prime numbers, large numbers, and you take their fact product, you give it to me or to anyone or to a supercomputer. But uh, Raji, why only prime numbers? Two very large numbers, the product of theirs themselves should be... No, no, no. When you take two large numbers, to... for example, if they are even, I can just first divide it by two and reduce the size. Sure. Okay. So the, the main but thing But that is... depends on the cipher, right? If no, no, eventually... no, no, no. The main thing is that the... the Prime numbers should themselves be large. The product being large is not the issue. Sure. Otherwise, just by uh, brute force, as it is called, one by one trying prime numbers, these days it can you can scan through brute force attack very fast with the supercomputers. So, if you are given a product of two prime numbers, then, and not told the factors, separating the product into its factors is almost impossible. Impossible here, the constraint is that of time. With the best of computers available, mm. getting hold of this becomes impossible. And mm. that is the basis of cryptography, which is commonly being used for a whole lot of digital transactions. Mm. Mm. So, uh, you know, as a mathematician, everything is doable. I mean, if you have pro every number can be factorized into its prime factors. That is one of the early things which we teach. Mm. Can be factorized. How long will it take to factorize? Mm. Mm. That we never talk about. Okay, mm. So mm. that, uh, as a uh, separating a, a composite number into its prime factors, if you have chosen the composite number properly, that is the factors are large, is very, very difficult. And difficult in terms of time consumption. Why is it difficult? Because there are no smart approaches. So some numbers you can try some smart approaches. But other than that, then what is called is brute force. I mean, you just have to try all the prime numbers. One but you by get one. the idea, Rajiv. The yeah. question is, why is it hard to factorize into two primes? Okay. Why? Why? As I said, there is no other approach available other than brute force, namely try all factors. And then uh, that, even with our fastest of... People believe that, you know, once you have access to computers, you can do any calculation very fast. If I tell you I can write down a number and to factorize it, it is going to take years for a supercomputer. Till they move to what is being called as a quantum computer, then the whole cryptography will change. But till then, exi using existing mathematics and technology, mm. uh, factoring, if I write down, let's say, uh, a number which is a uh, prime number which has 500 digits long in our standard decimal system and take another similar number and take their product. Mm. and don't disclose you the components, but disclose you only the product. Namely, not the separated ones, but only the mixture. Sure. Uh, I can uh, bet anything that you would not be able to separate sure. it. So there's some similar notions, and we'll get to that. Uh, but Gurpreet, if we... So here is the question of yeah. cost, and cost in terms of time. time sure, sure, sure. Okay. So non-polynomial time. It could take yes. like forever. Yes, yes, it will very, take forever. Very, 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 very,
And right. No, that's you know, interesting. As a mathematician, when I first heard about this, I found it difficult to digest that how can you not be able to factorize? Right. Right. But it is when, okay, I try to write down a program, I write, try to write down factoring code, then I realize, you know, how long it is no, taking. Which is why the why question sounds innocent, but it's actually a very complex Cynical question. question yeah. Because, uh, I mean, there is no obvious intuition to say why it should be I mean, so... For mathematicians, anything dealing with finitary objects is doable. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> As a mathematician. Because I can write down a theorem that it can be done, but can be done how long it will take. Sure, sure, okay. sure. And uh, Gurpreet, if we go to the more philosophical notion of, and you know, we obviously thought of things in slightly different context just now, but does the whole idea of separateness or separation have a somewhat sharp meaning for you? Um, well, uh, you know, in when one is thinking about the social world, mm. these words could have a variety of different meaning and significance at different times. Mm. Uh, in the contemporary moment, let's say, in the present time, we think of ourselves as persons and physically as separate beings sitting here. I yeah, the you know, four separate, separate. separate human beings sitting here. Mm. So we have that notion of being separate at one level and that is physically so. But the physical and conceptual don't always go hand in hand yeah. in the sense that I sit here as a physically separate being but when I think about myself, am I only thinking about this physical being or something else or something more? For instance, in many societies and perhaps even today in some places, mm -hmm. and I'd make it becomes easier one thinks of single parents, for instance, mm -hmm. and uh, somebody gives me an invitation and says, you know, we have a few friends coming over, so come in tomorrow, today for dinner. And I'm being invited, but I see myself and I say, well, I have a four-year child as part of myself too. And I bring the child along because mm. I don't think that I'm being invited as if just this physical being is there. So one's conception of who that self is varies. And, and, and it's interesting, Gurpreet, you kind of qualified it a little while ago saying in the modern time. So was yeah. this notion different? Like It is different. And I, one can like, say that actually today we move to a time when uh, unless my name is on the card, I will not go. Yeah. Okay. And I'm signaled as a person who is separate and known just by that name and personhood. But before that, I'm, this is an example I can give and I use very often, for instance. In India, you got a wedding invitation with just the name of the head of the family. But that one person actually meant all you think are your own. <laughs> and certainly in earlier times, mm -hmm. pre-modern times, the collective element, whichever that collective is, however mm -hmm. you define it, and you can't say family because that family has changed. Yeah, And that idea has changed. So I think modernity, more than just this historical time, a way of thinking about oneself, which has become very, uh, which is steadily becoming dominant now, even in our society. That's what I meant by here and now. So here so there is this notion of, of separateness. Personhood is There's another idea of separateness that we often talk about. Which is? Uh, which is you belonging to a particular country. And we think of these countries as separate entities, yeah. India, France, yeah. England, and yeah. so on and so forth. But that's where you come to realize that the other element, that when I think about my person, I'm thinking of something which is physically given as a separate person. Mm -hmm. But when I think of a country, it is how it has come to be. It has been constructed like this, with these boundaries and these kinds of 
this territory and so on. But it didn't have that in the past. And different states got carved out of a large empire, for instance. So you do have notions. Today we think of them as separate entities. But this is not a pre-given, unconstructed, permanent, fixed idea. So, um, Ravi, when you separate diesel and petrol or whatever, whatever you do, fractional distillation, pick a method, matters a lot less. So does it become 100% petrol and 100% diesel or what happens? How, no, no, because, they are, as I, as I so mentioned. So if you separate two, carve up two countries into two parts, obviously there is like a borderline. And because it's, it's, it's a construction. It's we a construction. Actually, and, then, and with that construction, there are all kinds of conditions of what will be the conditions of separateness. Sure. And at what level will there be? And mixing somehow in the social world is not the term that comes opposed to separation. Yeah. yeah. Because one thinks of a collective. Yeah. You know, which would come up. So you can have separations at various levels. And there make them distinct a matter of entities. So you're constructing a distinct entity rather than it being naturally yeah, as, as you mentioned, as Gurpreet mentioned, these are uh, probably the uh, boundaries in terms of geographical boundaries or ethnic boundaries or other religious boundaries. So in kind your of context, thing in social. In but in terms of chemistry particularly, when we try... How to, difficult is pure separation and why? Uh, basically, the properties of that mixture, the molecules or the compounds present in that mixture, each one has its own properties. So since we are dealing with an unknown system, we do not know most of the time. So first of all, we have to understand what kind of a mixture, what kind of properties or the molecules could be available in that. Mm-hmm. This is petroleum. In that case, most of them are hydrocarbons. So yeah. Basically, they have identical properties, but they differ in their molecular weights. Yeah. So we are able to separate based on them in terms of fractional distillation or other fractionation methods. But if we come to, as I said in the beginning... So how clean is that separation? It's very clean. Okay. It's very clean and fractions are... Uh, really, when we come to, we can we, uh, for, uh, we can come to a state where we can obtain a single pure compound also, and that is the meaning of separation in chemistry is significant when we obtain a single pure component. In petroleum chemistry, it's okay that we we can deal with a mixture still in in, in aircraft. Uh, and when you say pure compound, uh, Ravi, you mean pure compound? We mean pure compound with zero percent impurity. Uh, you see, this is a very significant and tedious and complex question in the sense... Yeah, I mean, we are interested in tedious questions. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, no, the, the reason is, you see, most of the time when we say it is pure, so we have different methods to identify or ascertain the purity. Yeah, there may be a benchmark, 99.9% yeah, and higher yeah. is pure. No, that so. is, would be when we have a pure compound. That would be the benchmark. Sure. But <laughs> at the very first time, when we take it from the natural products, a plant product, or we synthesize in the laboratory reacting one step, two components, another step, added another component, another step. So you see, when such molecules were synthesized, say vitamin B12 or quinine, right. they had 80-80 step synthesis. Right. And see the yield and purification of at each step and separation and isolation of that particular component desired at that particular step. But do step. pure compounds exist in nature? Yes. Pure compounds? Yes. But hmm. they exist pure compound in nature, but they exist in terms of mixture. Hmm. Whatever you want to obtain, <laughs> they are pure inside the mixture. Most of the time, single compound, getting a single pure compound from any natural source is not possible. You had something to say, Rajiv? Yeah. So, uh, this uh, impossibility of getting pure takes me to the other thing, example about mixtures and separation. Uh, 
which uh, which is about what i would call signal and noise mm-hmm. so uh, when any kind of uh, signal is communicated over a communication channel it could be voice signal it could be a television sure. signal uh, earliest thing is the radio then uh, the you cannot control uh, the noise which will get added because it is uh, let's say in the old earliest thing of uh, uh, am radio amplitude modulation radio yeah so the the signal is so you are transmit you are trying to transmit a wave of a fixed frequency frequency with varying and on that, the amplitude on that yeah. we are varying the amplitude, amplitude. Yeah. and that is how the uh, signal is coded on that the voice signal for example sure. for radio sure. and at the other end your radio set or a transistor set it decoded uh, that uh, amplitude wave modulation amplitude variation and converted that back into so sound so the same question in your context is it possible to 100% ah. take out noise yeah. so in this case it is not possible to take 100% because again we don't know what the noise is okay mm-hmm. what based on our observations and the theories and so on you can postulate some statistical properties of the noise so if you have two waveforms of whatever kind uh-huh. we using waveforms for lack okay. of a better word as a little bit of okay. a plug and you mix them uh-huh. then can you separate them into two constitu- do you know what i mean so i'm trying to take yeah, this no, unknown no, business away no no waveform you mix two we can separate them okay but uh, the we have embedded the signal based on modulating or changing the amplitude sure and the same amplitude can also be changed because of electrical disturbances in the air sure and when you observe you don't know what was signal and what is the noise now based on understanding of statistical properties of the noise you can try to eliminate as much of noise as possible mm-hmm. and that is what is filtering the mm-hmm. noise mm-hmm. and get back at the original signal but as close as possible not perfect and uh but here comes another element as uh that uh from am radio people moved to fm radio now mm. the interesting thing was uh, people observed that the electrical disturbances change the amplitude of the signal or amplitude of the wave but not the frequency mm-hmm. and then they came up with the idea of frequency modulation mm. that as it is any device it catches one frequency but it will catch in some neighborhood of that frequency sure so by modulating or by varying the frequency the signal is embedded and that's why electrical disturbances don't affect your listening quality of fm radio because disturbance uh, the noise is embedded only in the amplitude but you are not reading the amplitude so the separation and mixing also depend on uh, uh, the method in which they have been mixed and is there a clear easy path of separation so in the fm radio thing there is a very easy sig- separation of signal and noise because noise affects amplitude whereas our signal is embedded in the frequency whereas in am radio they are both on the amplitude sure 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 so being able to separate depends on how they are embedded together no that's fair we were talking about the impossibility here mm. of mm. arriving at that pure sure. whatever and i think for me what is important is not just the impossibility but the undesirability uh-huh. of seeking out that pure in the world in which we are looking for okay. because attempts have been made at that and every time we were talking about a country separate countries when we make an effort to arrive at that pure something and people did on the basis of race 
yeah. on the basis of religion, but race a lot of the time. And you thought of pure races, you thought of seven races, nine, whatever else. But is there such a thing as a pure race either? It can't well, be. Right? Well, the people, people did think of, that yeah. there are core seven types of races and you could think of ethnicities along those lines, countries along those lines. Not only is it... Uh, it leads to all kinds of exclusions, but also hierarchies. So one wants to insist on the undesirability, actually, of seeking that out. And therefore, moving away from a terminology of pure and mixing. Mm -hmm. Because what you are asking for within the country is also not necessarily mixing, mm -hmm. but sometimes coexistence, sometimes difference. Because you're assuming that each and every element here, each and every group here has something to contribute. There is something positive there. So we want to shift that into saying, well, this is not the desirable goal for us or the path for us when we are thinking of inhabiting a social world because we are trying, trying to create it also. And we are trying to legitimize one kind of thing. So there's a lot of, I think, part of our history of the present world is to move away from that sense of pure or core races which have been there. Uh, in yeah. terms of which you can at least have classifications yeah. and abandon that, think in terms of this multiplicity, multiplicity in terms of history. But can all kinds of, uh, and you know, obviously one has to ask this question in many different contexts in a careful way, but can all kinds of mixes coexist? That's what I'm saying. We don't want to think in terms of mixes. Mm. We, I want to think in terms of differences. Mm -hmm. And I think in principle, they can coexist. Mm -hmm. It's not always easy. Therefore, we have to find what are the mechanisms, what kinds of arrangements mm -hmm. allow for easy coming together and living together of these various groups. We've had very, in our own continent, we have very large numbers of people with vast differences living together yeah. for millennia. Yeah. And I think, and many empires have had that. Ottoman Empire had that. Many other empires had that. So we have historically a lot of experience of doing that. And in fact, we need then to ask, and it need not necessarily lead to a mix all the time. You can also continue to live back to back with separateness of, at various levels, yeah. but also peaceful coexistence. Yeah. And, you know, those are the desirable kinds of paths to go down. Yeah. So I, I think when we are moving from certain kind of dealing with uh, natural objects to social world, there is this shift from impossibility to, I think, impossibility, even if it was possible, uh, one, I would consider it not to be necessarily a desirable thing. So that's how those terminologies exist, yeah. but one no, imagines the things I think of it. The, 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 like, for example, if we just think of this notion of solution, um, so what dissolves, what doesn't dissolve, what is a... Um, is, is, is there a way of thinking of that in a somewhat meta kind of way? No, you see, uh, besides this, what has been mentioned in terms of social context, the desirability word, it is equally important in, in chemistry and in these areas also. For example, when we are looking for the purity, purity or the pure sample, that means the other ones are not desirable at that moment. Yeah. Our target was to synthesize a particular sample, a particular compound with known structure or with known properties. Yeah. Similarly, for example... Today, in our daily life, we are aware of many compounds, what we call uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, for example, sure. ibuprofen. Sure. Many beta blockers, many people take for uh, these uh, sure. controlling of blood pressure and hypertension sure. and so on and so on. So in terms of chemistry, they are racemic mixtures. Mm -hmm. And 
the desirable the word desirable is very significant here also mm. only one of them in terms of structurally is desirable therapeutically inside the body is absorbed uh, metabolically metabolically right. it has four components mm. absorption metabolism mm. distribution and excretion Mm. These are the four four elements in the body because mm. our body, living body, is also a chiral molecule, chiral system. It's a chiral environment. Chiral environment inside. Yeah. So the interaction of a chiral molecule with another chiral molecule is stereospecific. Yeah. So similarly, in that racemic mixture, the other component is undesirable. The undesirable is okay as long as it is excreted by the system. It's okay, though it was undesirable. So, might it be possible, Gurpreet, that there are instances or special situations where certain kinds of separation are desirable or needed for for very specific contextual needs? It's difficult to say in advance. Uh, That's true. You know, what would be desirable separation? Of course, I mean, at one level, certainly, I don't want to be seen only as a part of a group. Mm-hmm. I do want to see myself also as an individual. Yeah. That's a desirable separation. Yeah. All right. So at that level you can say yes. Now does that undermine the desirability of having a larger unit than the self? No. Mm-hmm. So I think this question So there of, is this constant tension between the individual and the collective, right? Or There or is this? a tension and it is an unavoidable tension. Mm-hmm. And we have to really think, therefore, all the time afresh. And there are no permanent solutions that we've been able to sort this out once and for all. Because for every time you deal with a particular group at a different time, you will need a different assessment and uh, an approach to that. So what we want, one would want to be treated as an individual person, self. But you may also think that I need to be, let's say, in a family. And family is an important unit for me. So it's Some possible people, to have group memberships while... To a very Different large extent, kinds. retaining individuality. That is the challenge for us today. Whether all kinds of group memberships allow for that individuality to be retained. All of them constrain it, but are they constraining it to a point where my individual will no longer counts at all at any level? That's the issue, I think, that one needs to avoid. But we'll have to have some kind of balance. And again... Uh, Whether one can retain some sense of agency or uh, at least above a certain threshold. You know, this example, for instance, of, uh, as I say, going to a music concert. You just had in Mumbai a music concert. So people go as separate individuals. There is a coming together, not a mixing. There is a coming together of the group. You see yourself as part of it as you enjoy the same music. Sing the same lyrics, do so the same thing. I want to pick thing, on this a little bit. So when you say coming together mm-hmm. and you're making this relatively strict distinction Very with strict. mixing. Yeah. Um, so for mixing. example, when you mix two things together, Ravi, or maybe we think of it in your context, Rajiv, what happens? I mean, so do new bonds get formed and new compounds come to be or they're just together? I mean, do you, I mean, yeah, and, this is very interesting. And we understand. Yeah, no, no, this the, is really very interesting. It is applicable to the chemical molecules or compounds or chemical systems as well. Mm-hmm. You see, mixing is, they, they retain their identity. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, because of the environment, as in the musical concert mm-hmm. or in the solution, both mm-hmm. are soluble. So it is a mixing. But mm. they retain their identity. Where in now we need the separation. Where we need, which is desirable for us. How mm. to take out the desirable component or compound out of that. Mm-hmm. That is very significant. So, so can there be a situation where, let's say, you mix a certain number of things together, for lack of a better word, because maybe there are no pure things, but they're difficult to separate thereafter after they're mixed? 
No, it is not. Once you have mixed, you know what you have mixed. So then it is simple. Mm-hmm. I'm the separation is difficult when we do not know the the component or the mixture we are dealing with. When such molecules which are so is ther- the inverse always trivial if you are able to mix, you are able to separate. Well, after mixing, separation uh, is straightforward. May not, not so be always. Your may, context, may Raji, not be always. What happens? May not be always. You get the drift of the question. Yeah. Yeah. But in my context, uh, it, it doesn't really apply because if you already knew what you have mixed, yeah, then you already know the separation. Yeah. Sure. Whereas here it makes sense is that you do not know what you have mixed, okay? And uh-huh. yet you try, you are trying to approximate what the individual parts were, okay? And uh, there are different methods for that. So I gave example about a telephone conversation or a radio signal or a television signal where it is kind of happening real time and you want to decode it and uh, uh, get the, filter it out, take out the noise and listen to whatever was being telecast. Sure. Now take another example, which is, uh, let's say the, uh, our, we use internet today. So the, uh, whatever we are typing or whatever message I am sending from here is being carried over the same noisy telephone lines. Mm. Okay. Mm. Now, uh, people may not have thought about it, but uh, the same lines where, where, where you are using up a dial-up connection in the old days, yeah. you are, when you pick up to call, you are having all kinds of noise on it. And yet, when you send an email using a dial-up connectivity, uh, it never happens that the other one and gets, gets garbled gar- emails. Garbled, either it will be completely garbled it won't happen that generally it is making sense, but one word garble ho gaya. Aisa nahi hota. Sure. <laughs> now why? Yeah. So it is the that the since there you have a luxury of uh, increasing bandwidth or trivially what we can do is you can send the same message five times. Mm. Okay. Mm. And for each letter you take a poll. Ki if three of them agree, you decode it as that letter. Right. Okay. Right. If you this do this mechanism. Right. Okay. You are, this is what is called error correcting code. So here we are, uh, we are having the, uh, we have the capability of replicating yeah. and using the replications as a means of separation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because five copies are made. Yeah. Each one there is something added. Yeah. But what is added is only little. Yeah. Okay. And then when you get this five corrupted mixtures, you can separate the original based yeah. on that. Okay. Yeah. So this yeah. is the That's philosophy in what is called error correcting codes, and lot of sophisticated math is used and actually applied but in real can, practice. This can only happen with asynchronous mm. messaging yeah. or communication yeah. Yeah. systems, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. if That's you do right. something That's real time, well, to some extent it may might be possible, but mm. yeah. Mm. But you knew what you had sent. That's why you are able to separate. No, 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 no not no, no, really. No. You the, have sent something to me. Yeah. But he the mechanism is such said. that the same thing is sent five times and then the noise has been added. Okay. 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 But if I get these five copies, I assume that the noise at these five things are different. Are different. And using that, I am able to get hold of the original. Yeah. Two things change in, in the world that I deal with, for instance. Mm-hmm. That we are not dealing only with things. Mm-hmm. We are ourselves those things we are dealing with. Yeah. Okay. We're dealing with and ourselves. Yeah, ourselves. Second thing is, this uh, coming together and being separate coexists. What does These that mean? Are, it means, let's take the concert example. There are moments at that time when I'm part of the same audience and I'm in sync with them entirely. I see myself as part of that audience, you know, that rock whatever, or pop uh, fan club or whatever it is. And I'm that moment separate from those who are not part of that uh, group. Uh, 
but i also exist as a separate person i decide okay i've had enough i'm going to leave in half an hour's time so i have that will to exit so i separate myself still there but there are many moments in which i am fused and i'm part of that larger unit so there is this kind of element there all the time they can't if if the group actually says once you've entered you can't exit then we will say there are problems the group becomes too overpowering and i'm losing my individuality and self but if i maintain that element there'll be moments when i fuse and i go pull back fuse and pull back and this is not only in concert this happens all the time in many things uh, in pre-modern times and even in modern times a lot of religious activities of this kind a little bit of that same pub, private public thing more yeah but you know it's a collective existence when i am mm. part of a religious ceremony and everyone is doing the same thing we are all part of the same group cannot separate yeah we are and yet i am there i speak sometimes and i recite that hymn i don't recite the hymn or i say okay i will leave you finish the ceremony but still your yeah. sense of agency has not been snatched away from you if you i can, can do that you, if you can but yeah. there may be a moral pressure by myself on myself yeah, sure. that i should not leave so early I yeah. should stay back. Yeah. But there could be a group pressure. How can you leave? Yeah. The ceremony is not complete. It would be inauspicious. Yeah. So yeah. it depends on the nature of that authority which is compelling you. Yeah. yeah. And some authority, moral authority we can say is still permissible. Self moral authority yeah. on oneself. Yeah. Is less is constraining but of a different order of constraint. But when it's an external authority challenging what I would have liked to do myself. it's constraining a little more yeah okay yeah. so and these yeah. we have in all in various kinds of things so this moment this desire to go beyond the self and be part of this larger group is there and manifest in many different ways as i said going for sports sport yeah. seeing a, a, a cricket match or a football match it's a great moment of this kind of coming together as a collective but you know when and we use separate. words like willing or being there is also Uh, as you're pointing out this need to belong to 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 um and you know when one uses the cliche of we are all social beings we're not mm. only social beings we're also probably well we are rational beings we are social beings we are human beings mm. all these elements are there i think all that it tells me is that there is an aspect of myself of my being which remains unfulfilled unrealized in the absence of these other contexts yeah so even your sense of the self is mediated somehow by whatever the world around it is mediated but it's also that i learned something about myself or it's a, or my own idea that this is a more rich enriching and fulfilling life mm. Mm. when it is not lived only in my lonesome splendor on a forsaken island where i am by myself sure sure and sure and of course there is nature there sure but when i am there with other people There's that first step. So why don't we carry this imagination a little bit to that point you were making a while ago, Ravi, where you, you know we were yeah. on that earlier question of mixing mm-hmm. versus just being together. So when two substances or things are just together, is there any kind of force between them? Is there any kind of there are different possibilities again in this What case? What happens? Yeah, there are different possibilities. Yeah, but this is different than what we think of in terms of human kinds because the molecules have their own properties. That's fine. So which is why we're trying to use the word yeah. force in the somewhat forces, strict sense. Yeah, there may be certain other uh, two kinds of forces or different kinds of forces are interacting. Mm-hmm. When two things are mixed, they may retain their identity, but we do not know they may react and they may result into a third new molecule. 
and some of these two also remain but unreacted. But the resulting of a new molecule is, is not mixing. It's, it's like not a mixing. reaction. It's, it's not. It's, it's reaction. reaction. Yeah. So that makes a difference in terms of molecules coming together, whether they are reacting or not, just simply so staying this, together. In this special case, Ravi, of two things being together but not reacting or yeah, mixing, yeah. what happens? Are they? There are certain physical forces, interatomic interactions, but molecular interactions. But they must be relatively weak forces. Very weak forces. That's why they retain their identity and we are easily able to separate them. I think a textbook defined a mixture as something which can be separated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but right? yeah. Uh, otherwise it is a chemical reaction and it is transforming itself into something into else. Into something different. So no what you are saying, they are retaining their original things. That is a mixture. That is a mixture because it can be separated. How long it will take, how costly it will yeah, be again, a separate that question. That's another question. Matter. That's another question. Yeah. But if in principle they can be separated, then it's a mixture. But in this situation or in instance where there's a reaction and a third compound comes to be, I mean, is it equally trivial to go back to the... Earlier to substances not from always, that compound? Not always. Not, not always, always, right? Because you might need a new catalyst or a new compound. Even then, not possible many times. It may it may again give you something different, what you didn't want, what you didn't know. It depends. Sometimes you may get both the molecules, depending upon, since we knew, we allowed them to react at a particular bond or a particular functional group. And then we know that this is to be broken. But by what uh, chemical methods? Then only we can go back to those original compounds. Also possible. But not always. Not always. So Rajiv, in, yeah. in your world, yeah. how do you design filters? Like what, I mean, clearly, yeah. I mean, nobody is expecting a yeah, tutorial yeah. in this, no, but... No, no. but yeah, you see, the basis of uh, what is called filtering or basis, what how we can get rid of noise is uh, what I call statistical properties of the noise. So uh, let's look at television. Okay, and let's go back, uh, those who are old enough to go back, say, 20 so years ago. So noise is random, it's just some kind of Brownian motion, right? Yeah, so the no, what I'm trying to say is that go back to the time when you had only air signal, not cable or satellite. Right, so uh, antennas on the rooftop. Or... Antenna is gone or uh, the televisions were not 24 hours, station was not operating 24 hours, right? <laughs> so you turn it on and the signal is not on. And what do you see on your screen? You see black and white dots. Correct. So if you see typically... You can, it, it has a pattern, okay? In a sense, looking at it, you know RS station is off. You know that station is not broadcasting this nonsense yes, signal. There is message. But at the same time, <laughs> you can't predict where will be white at what point. So there is what this is what I call there is, is a statistical property is that of pure that noise. noise? Huh? So what so in that instance where the station is switched off? Uh -huh. So what is this what you're observing is pure noise. It's pure noise. Pure noise. Okay. Generated by what? Huh? Generated, generated by electrical disturbances. Electrical disturbances. Air and various other factors. And we the don't instrument know. itself unknown, and unknown the machine factors. itself. Or, or the, the instrument. So yeah. what, are, what is property of pure noise? Okay. So there are the property of what we call uh, distributional properties or collectively how the noise will behave can be characterized. And that understanding helps us to design filters and uh, actually convert them into an instrument and it will be uh, embedded in your television uh, uh, set. And different television uh, sets differ in the sense of what filters they have got. Okay? Mm. And now this technology is very sophisticated. Now you don't see black and white dots. Why? As soon as it senses it is pure noise, it just puts a blue screen. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, so, uh, or you, you, you look at your FM radio in the car, Okay, when you scan, 
Right. Uh, you go to a new city, you don't know what is the uh, radio Frequency station uh, frequencies. You just put search. And what it does actually is at each frequency, it catches whatever signal it is getting. Okay. Analyzes it. Is it pure noise or is there a signal there? So it is a capability of figuring out is it only noise or is there a signal embedded? Because signal has a kind of a continuity property. Okay. Which the noise does not have. You, and you, when you say you, continuity, continuity property, you mean a, a certain okay. kind of periodicity it, to it. Not uh, just periodicity. If you see uh, a television show, uh, there is of course movement, but the movement is kind of gradual, continuous. Whereas the black and white dots, I again keep going back to that. That's a good point. Okay. There is no continuity there. So without defining what I mean by continuity, you can figure out. And that is what is at the back. Now, uh, how will I say... So I, I, are you alluding to Markov, non-Markov? No, 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 no. Not Ooh. even that. Level. Sure. Now, somebody, if, if somebody wants to prove me wrong, what mm -hmm. they can do is they can capture this noise, what you see on screen, and transmit that as signal. Then I will not be able to separate. Yes, I will not be able to separate. But typically, this is what we use, that the signal that we would like to watch is not of that nature. So this prior belief or understanding is what would be used to separate. I, I think I want to say something there because it's a very interesting uh, sort of analogy and the terms you used, filtering out. Uh -huh. And we were talking about impossibility and undesirability uh -huh. earlier. Uh -huh. Because I think in some sense, even though we don't use the word, when we are living in the social world, uh -huh. all kinds of filters are already in place. Uh -huh. They are in place in terms of filtering out what you call noise irrational voices, not worthy of listening to, okay? Don't matter, don't count. So you actually find ways, and this is how social orders are created, by actually sanctioning and legitimizing the filtering out of all kinds of differences under different kinds of labels. And I think the great achievement today of democracy is to say that, look, remove these filters. These have been preconceived along certain axes and put there. And what you find actually will be noise, actually is not noise. It's going to be full of enormous possibility, which is coming from many different sides, from many different people, groups, men, women, children, different races, religions, and castes, all kinds of people whom we were not listening to earlier and bracketing them out as noise. Let's bring them in. Something new will emerge. Maybe yeah. a more colorful screen than even the blue one. No, but that is know. not filtering. That is bringing them together. Yeah, that is no, I, I'm just saying that actually over time, societies, all societies, in society, have, have created no, this is what I, this what I said. Used to is, exist. No, no, filtering is also there in the society in the sense that we have certain laws, rules, customs, traditions, practices. These are the filters in society, I suppose. But what you just no. mentioned is... is Bringing no. them together, which were not being heard, which were not being uh, well, addressed. We are not necessarily bringing them. Actually, we also have judgments. Yeah, no? yeah, true. You'd say, well, what will women do in this society here? This is not their work. That was the, what have they to contribute? Uh, no, yeah. this is how societies everywhere Evolve. have worked. Yeah, yeah. everywhere. Evolve. Yeah, and they have worked. So you know, this person is doing too much. You know, they know something maybe about farming. Or work in the field. So that was the filter earlier. Now yes. this filter is removed. That's what I'm saying. When we are coming to democracies, yeah. we want to. I'm not sure whether all societies or any society has been completely successful. But I'm just saying that early, it's very interesting that you have a system of filtering already in place in creations of social order. And actually, 
every new order tries to remove some of that filter. And in democracies, we want to remove many more of these That's filters. Right. And we think something more beautiful will emerge and richer for our lives and for the future generations will emerge. Is there something interesting about the notion of time? Is there something interesting about... Does, does time complicate things for you as you design filters? Yes, because... Uh, when we are talking, it, it again depends on the context. So, for example, television uh, thing. If to process one image, I am taking uh, three times the time, for example, then there is no way I can do it because you want to watch it live. Right. You may not mind watching it with a one-minute delay. But uh, if the delay keeps multiplying to process each one-minute signal, I need three minutes, then it is not viable. Okay. So... Uh, likewise, in, uh, for cryptography, okay, mm -hmm. if if some hacker wants to do something, mm -hmm. uh, if it is going to take hundred years, then who cares? Yeah. If somebody is going to be able to steal my bank account, but it will take him hundred years, him it, or her. It has no Who meaning. cares? Yeah. But if it can be done in hundred seconds, I need to be worried. If it can be done in hundred days, depends. Then we have to think about it. Whether so that's we the have whole to point about you know one yeah. time passwords yeah. being valid yeah. for that's a right. certain that's right. period that's of time right. and so that's on. Because otherwise, so time does play a role because that system is uh, see. It's like if you want to protect a house, you have to put a lock. But the what kind of lock you are going to put depends on. What value inside is in a hostel room? The lock may not be the same as my your parents' home, right? Sure. So likewise, this one-time password validity only so many minutes. So because they are using a fairly weak crypto system, sure. it may be possibly breakable in twenty minutes. Sure. So, but one-time password validity is only five minutes or three minutes. Sure. Then they can do with a weak system. So, time is extremely important in this context of cryptography for sure. Sure. It's important in the context of filtering and noise in a communication signal because these are typically examples where you want real-time decoding. Sure. Time you know, lag is allowed, time multiplication is not allowed. Sure, sure, sure. And if we think of chemical and physical systems, Ravi, if you just let them be, because not all systems are hyperdynamical, right? I mean, so if you just let them be, do they separate into constituent parts by themselves? Uh Depends again, I mean, what are the components? They may separate by themselves. In nature, there are many processes wherein we find that such separations goes on on its own. Mm -hmm. Say, for example, simple crystallization process. It's a very time-consuming process. Mm. You allow something from, even from water, we want to take out salt. Mm. What we do? Slow process, water goes off, goes off, evaporation and so on. Mm. Similarly, in laboratory also, we allow something to crystallize in this manner. Mm. And then this is also a method of separation and purification. Mm. Similarly, when we do chromatography, so in that case also we know how much time, we, we do not know most of the time. So that's the question to you. Uh, how do you speed up separation? Uh, that depends when we know the basic aspects of some background of this. For example, mm -hmm. when I did some components separated by crystallization process. Mm -hmm. Now, when we started chromatography, 100 years or more than 100 years ago, they did it, it took 
an hour or so, for example. Even today, we do that column chromatography at uh, gravity pressure, uh, open column chromatography, we call. Then we develop different methods. So you just methods. leave it in a vertical column and let it yeah, separate that, into different Yes, it goes down and depending upon its solubility and its partition or its adsorption, depending upon the nature of each component in that mixture. Then what we did, we reduced the size. We filled it up at a compact pressure level. We increased the surface area. Then the separation becomes faster. Right. The same components and our conditions are different and we have created artificial conditions also, not under, under the influence of gravity. We apply some pressures at certain points and then we do separation in that way. Are there mixtures which are impossible to separate? Uh, impossible to separate into... Theoretically, no. Yeah. You Again, because, for example, you may take a mixture, we do not know, just assuming that we have a mixture of 100,000 components. Mm-hmm. We may not be able to separate as such one by one, one by one, hundred thousand components coming one after another. Mm-hmm. We may get a sample that may contain hundred components, another may contain ten thousand components, and then again we have to examine each one of them very carefully. Since initially we do not know that it had hundred thousand. What kinds of signals are the most difficult to separate? Filter noise or, out from. Is what's the toughest problem in your kind of? Area. I mean, the toughest problem is uh, where the signal is a rare signal. It's like astronomy where they are watching. They have to keep watching, keep watching. Maybe signal will appear once in a year. Right. That kind of thing is the most difficult because uh, you have natural to constantly you have to keep monitoring what you are observing. Is there only noise or something coming in? But uh, all this talk is leading to another related question mm-hmm. that... Uh, uh, which is to do with, again, mathematics, statistics in the sense of measurement. Uh-huh. By by measuring an aggregate, can you measure the separate entities of which the aggregate is made? Okay. And me- if not exactly measure... Can you derive the signal and noise from the sum, in a way? Yeah, in a way. Right. Okay. So... Uh, What's the answer? Answer... It doesn't in, look in, like it's it, straightforward. It's but. not a straightforward. It will depend on the context <laughs> and it will depend on your understanding of the phenomena. Sure. Okay. And uh, uh, so I'll bring an example from a completely different domain, a domain in which I have had a role to play. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, cephalogy and opinion polls and their analysis. Sure. So typically based on an opinion poll, a good one, uh, we may be able to get a uh, idea about percentage of votes for a party, nationwide or in a state, whatever. That's a sampling problem, right? Yeah, no, no, no. But... Uh, you think about yourself when you, if you are interested in the outcome of the opinion poll, you don't care which party got how many percent votes. Sure. What you want to know is which party got how many seats. Yeah. So then that's a partition problem. As that's well. a that's a partition problem, and the the so our partition or measuring based on the percentage of votes, you want to somehow get an idea of uh, percentage votes in each constituency because that will determine the winner. Okay. Right, right. So this is what I would call problem of vote to seat conversion, mm-hmm. and it's a exactly question of from measuring the aggregate, can you measure the constituents? Mm-hmm. And in principle, in general, no. In this context, based on other history and some mathematical models, you may not be able to measure, but you may be able to estimate or so guess. So if, if if there was only one constituency, then is it trivial? Then it's trivial. Okay. So as soon as there are multiple constituencies. It becomes a difficult issue. But and why can't you just do opinion polls, constituency by constituency? Ah, but then the sample size will be so much that it will be impractical. Okay. It's a question of, again, a time element. Time and cost involved. Sure. Okay. So because but of that... But not impossible. You can, huh? But not impossible. Not impossible. Not impossible. But so, for so example, what? if I if you say I want a very, very, very good poll, 
give me an estimate and i would say 500 crores nationwide yeah, how I mean, it, why would anybody why, would why should anybody spend yeah, 500 crores but rajiv that's like saying i would just conduct a parallel election yeah that's and, right and just count everyone a little bit ahead the, of the, the other election the cost will be much higher no, sure but, but you get the but idea five, yeah. but yeah so uh, what i meant was that the cost would make it prohibitive sure okay so what's the nature of a conceptual breakthrough in this vote conceptual to seat conversion problem yeah conceptual breakthrough is kind of a mathematical modeling or statistical modeling of this with, in conjunction with whatever other data is available mm. so historical data of voting patterns historical data of socio economic movements sure, sure, whatever sure sure, sure sure in india it is something in uk it may be another us may be another so taking all that into account one builds a mathematical model and it will not give you exact but it may be give you something which is good enough for the purpose at hand so this is not not quite separating but approximately separating sure okay that's interesting so 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 bjp vote or congress votes in up how much uh, can we separate them across the constituencies that's fair enough so if we but, but i was just going to say the think in terms of time mm. where we actually don't want to separate because i think one of the greatest uh, one of the really uh, important i think talking about breakthroughs ways of thinking is about yourself mm-hmm. placed in time mm-hmm. placed in history not in terms of generations yourself mm-hmm. each person carries with them a little bit of the element of the past mm-hmm. and then you are obviously living in the present mm-hmm. and you have projections and desires for the future aspirations for the future you mean personal past uh, personal and collective past you sure. also inherit collective past because you inherit whatever has happened in that society or in the world and you sure. have those legacies so in some sense that time which we think of actually is is history all condensed in you and you carry it with you all the time in this sense yep. and you don't want partition because in your person whenever you act there is a residue from the past and there are always aspirations for the future yeah. and the three moments come together and actually you want to keep them together yeah and recognize that that's what makes you you yeah that's what and that's how we will actually be able to talk about some kind of difference if at all not necessarily separation but difference Yeah. So even in this notion of self, there's a little bit of the past, a little bit of the present, a little All bit of the, the future. All the time. So we stand in history. This was the great, I think, statement from Heidegger. Mm. And I think just for that one statement, we can remember him many times. That's so beautiful, yeah. isn't it? So if, if we go back to that earlier point you made, uh, Goodpreet, and just stay the notion of the collective. Obviously, the different kinds of collectives. We touched upon very briefly about the idea of a family. You spoke about the idea of a nation, rock concerts, whatever. clearly new sorts of collectives emerge from time to time don't they um do you, do you want to take a little bit of a peek into the future some what distant future and imagine or visualize or speculate what kinds of and of course it's uh, it, it never happens in a vacuum it's always on some kind of a substrate some kind of what kinds of new collectives might emerge i mean one obviously doesn't mean it in a propagandist sense but in a you know it's an innocent question you know if one uh, lived by science fiction then i would think that we are going to really have collectives across galaxies mm. but that's not to be perhaps for some time now uh, my like for example is, the notion of a family no is, my is, feeling is, is this that mm. actually um the relationship of the individual and the group this will have different kinds of variations it's manifestation But, of that in a way yeah, right i mean that, all that of us yeah that is all we are already seeing differences 
what what kinds of differences will be there in the future i don't know if we were going past the same trend we'll say greater and greater space for the individual but i don't think that's going to happen because there are always cycles Mm. There will be the desire and craving for something larger and you'll find new ways of reinventing these kinds of groups. So the same issues might persist of these relationships, but they'll be found in different places, in different venues, not in the ones with which we were familiar previously. Yeah, I mean, they're just new ways of negotiating this individual Yes, so there will be this element, but, uh, you know, as I said, who would have thought that these kinds of gatherings at Uh, music concerts or sports stadia mm. would be the new forms of collectives that we have. We have but they're also very temporary, n- right? I mean, they yes, are... but then we have, for instance, social groups of various kinds, you know, what we call non-governmental, non-party affiliations of various... People form voluntary groups. Yeah. There are professional bodies today, teachers' bodies, lawyers' bodies. Who would assume that these kinds of groups would emerge? Earlier, they were only business or occupation-related of a certain kind. Now you have different kinds of groups that are emerging. So I think what's going to happen is... But they can also be very temporal groups, right? Very time-bound, something like a mob, for example. Oh, that that I think is a challenge. That's going to be a challenge in terms of uh, a, where actually the collective... Uh, I lose myself so completely in the collective that there is no self at all at yeah. that time. Yeah. And you become faceless. Yeah. You become anonymous. I think that's the lingering challenge yeah. of how to avoid that kind of possibility because various kinds of uh, of balancing between individual and group we and can what, play around with. What does with. the philosopher in you say of why mobs even emerge? Um, and Is there a way of going at it, it even is, metaphysically? It is, a, it is exceedingly difficult, uh, you know, to be able to answer that particular question because there are so many possibilities of different kinds of uh, mobs that do emerge. One might say there is it's a manifestation of acute alienation, mm. but it's also a manifestation of a latent violence which has no other outlet and takes this particular form. And what would be the form. opposite of a mob? Just like a radical individual or...? I suppose so. I would think so. Uh, of a mob, the opposite of a mob would be uh, not a radical individual. I should think a self-contained, a self-disciplined individual. A monk or a, somebody who's on no, the verge of... I, I should hope we should all aspire to being uh, have <laughs> some degree of self-discipline. Quality, with, lead, with good, uh, good leadership qualities then. I mean, well, self-discipline. I, I may not be a leader. I may just really moderate my own self and decide what is good and right for me to do. But that is not visible because do. a mob activity is visible. Opposite of mob I would be... Act. I will no, act fine. in think, a way yeah. which yeah. is... De- mob is where actually I lose constraint of yeah. all kinds, all yes, barriers, right. okay. become part of something else mm-hmm. and assume that, you know, uh, I could actually all be... We could it's, all be wearing the same mask. It's almost some kind and of a plasma state. Yeah. Right? Legally, mm-hmm. you say, mm-hmm. you know, you can't tell who did it's it. It's like a different state of matter yeah. almost. That's right. you, when you talk about mob, you want to absorb people of their individual responsibility. So uh, to me, the opposite of that will be where the person is 100% responsible for what they do, That's right. what they think, what they say. Yeah. For yeah. themselves. Very correct. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. What does the mathematician in you say about what kind of an object a mob is? Maybe I'm trying to pose a question which is too Mathematically abstract. very difficult to characterize, but... Uh, Mathematically very difficult to characterize a mob. But I think, as she said, that 
individuals lose their restraint, they lose their uh, right-thinking mind and just become part of a not uh, a group which is not even thinking. And therefore, even a small incident can incite a mob. The same incident happening if somebody, each one of Obviously, them had observed temporal, in isolation, yeah. it may not. So, so, so mobs don't exist permanently anyway. So, yeah. and there is so mathematically very difficult to describe. Very difficult Pure noise. <laughs> yeah, the mob, I could say that the reaction of the mob is like pure noise. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, yeah, it's a little bit like your white and black dots. You yeah. can't say what's going to happen what, what, next. What the mob will do, we can't predict. Is there an equivalent of a mob? In, uh, you can say any toxic, in, any toxic material or compound which is toxic to the body. Uh, no, probably I mean, not. For example, I tell you, thalidomide was given, it was started, it was a racemic mixture. Mm -hmm. It was given for to treat the morning sickness of pregnant women at that time. Oh. So, since it was a racemic mixture, one of the components was useful for, for which it was given and another was toxic, which resulted into the uh, deformed bodies, organs, bones, etc. of the newly born. So, I would say that is also a kind of a mob in the system, which was not desirable. The action sure. taken by that molecule was that of a mob. Scientists or the chemists or the doctors were not knowing. No, that's fine. I think it's it's unintended consequence or yeah. something else. I think the mob is, if we at least use it in a somewhat strict sense, it is this situation or a phenomena or whatever where it's largely the collective and not many, the individual. Many times the mob in that's society the, we are discussing or we are thinking fine. of, we have a definition of, it's, it's instantaneous. Yeah. That is a mob. Yeah, yeah, sure. So sure. not knowing that what this crowd would do and if it results into some catastrophe, that is a mob. So what's the future, so it Ravi? Is it catastrophe. No, it no. could even be a, somebody it, it, who may it, not be enjoying a cricket game, but that particular day <laughs> in the stadium I mean, with everybody he enjoyed. Collective also, boredom is a... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could be things another, that happen spontaneously yeah. are not purposeless. Not purposeless. People <laughs> may come together because there is some purpose in that. But uh, the form it will take, the modality of its action is one for which at least momentarily I can tell myself and very often we encourage people to think because mobs may be treated differently. We encourage people to think that you have been absorbed of this responsibility. Yeah, in a way. So yeah. I think uh, this one has to be a little careful about the spontaneous element because it happens without, uh, sometimes it's not even spontaneous. You know, yeah, it, uh, be, it can happen. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're not necessarily. But even if it were spontaneous, I think there is a purposiveness still there. It is not lost. That's why, to me, I think the opposite is really a fully responsible self. That's interesting. What's the future, Ravi? In two minutes. Uh, it's it's, it's the it's, future of this separation question. The future of would you be able to separate anything from anything? It is possible. Thousand years out. And most important these days today, what I feel is the separation of basically an enchumers. They are structurally the same. Mm. And biological and physiological and therapeutical activities are sometimes opposite. As I said, one of them is toxic. Right. Once it is not toxic, it is excreted, it's fine. Sure. So their separation is becoming very difficult. And nowadays the work is going on. That but do you think it's a tractable problem? It can be solved? It can be solved. It can be solved. Many things have been solved. From time of Louis Pasteur, between in 1848, the method he adopted in many industries, the same technology, same methodology, same principles are still working. <laughs> we have new methods also today. And we are able to separate and still the need of our in this area is really very important on this issue. What's the future, Rajiv? 
Yeah. So typically we think of being able to solve a problem as a progress. In this context, it would be it will a, be a, a little bit problem. of a disaster scenario. It will be creating a bigger problem. So if you are able to factor this large numbers easily, that means the systems we are using for uh, communication are no longer secure. We'll have to just redesign them. Some of our yeah. bank accounts will get yeah. hacked and we'll, we'll lose the that, money. Then they, they have to come up with a newer system. So they will stop using this. No, but in a strict sense, huh. is is is. Will it always remain intractable? Is it no, just... no, 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 no. It will be intractable if you increase the size a lot more. But the sizes which are intractable today uh, would become tractable soon. And very soon if the quantum computer, which is on the imaginary axis now, actually becomes a reality. But you can just keep making the prime numbers that you multiply larger no, and larger, no, no, right? No. The quantum computer, the thing is such that this factorization itself will become way much easier and then they have to think about... So already people are planning about using other crypto systems. Mm -hmm. There's something called elliptic curve-based cryptography and more other things are being... Uh, in the post-quantum world, what cryptography will be? People are thinking on those lines. And what's the essential reason why those kind of cryptographic systems might work? Because here you may... Essentially, the situation in the factorization problem is that it's yeah. going to take a long time. Yeah. So, so, so uh, it's again... What's the catch there? It is to do with computational difficulty. But it is here it is easy to explain what is the difficulty. Sure. In the newer systems, even I don't understand, so I would not be able to explain. Sure. But I'm trying to grapple with what it is. What is it that makes it intractable? But people have to come up with more intractable problems so that they can use it for encryption. That's all I put. Sure, sure, sure. And when it comes to noise and signal, etc., etc., with the time going further... As time passes, our capability to transmit and receive higher and higher bandwidths will increase. Mm. And that will lead to progress of doing it better. May not be perfect, but we'll improve the efficiency of... We'll end with you, Gurpreet. What's the future? Well, I hope... In this context, of hope course. Hope the future will be one... Uh, I don't see partitions disappearing completely, mm -hmm. but becoming more fluid and flexible mm -hmm. so that there can be movements across... I also hope... But you cannot have voluntary memberships of race. No, or... you can't. You can't have voluntary memberships. Uh, uh, I'm thinking, let's say, of countries, for instance, but or borders. But they can kind of be made somewhat irrelevant. Yes. The, not only can they be made irrelevant, they, the penalties of crossing boundaries should be much lower. It should not really come down. And they shouldn't be protected zones. That is only for this or that, etc., etc. So in that sense, I think partitions should they, they become lower and lower, more fluid uh, possibilities should be there. I would also like to hope and see that we should think in terms of uh, individuals physically separate, but not entirely in every other sphere, because that would be a very alienated existence. Yeah. We should think in terms of a larger uh, body with which you have possibilities of connecting and pulling out from so that there is great amount of space for the expression of the self and for the articulation of difference, which is good for the expression of the other self. But, you know, low exit and entry barriers are good for this kind of a thing, right? Because yes. your, your sense of agency yes. can be exercised and withdrawn. Yes, and, uh, yes. so certainly lower and lower. Uh, easy exits, lower entry possible. Thank you. Lower That's a good minus. note to end this on. Thanks to all of you for making it, and we look forward to having you soon again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you.